Well, welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Glad to be back in the saddle here. Here we are. And true to form, right before we started, mm. we had some ideas <laughs> and we were just getting caught up. We had a plan. And you were asking me some questions about um, what we might call ecclesiology mm-hmm. or the study of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the church? Should uh, I think the question that first set you uh, back set, a little bit, uh, should pastors get paid? And I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, but just, I don't know, I said, to heck with the plan, let's do this. Because like that's what we were wanting to talk about, naturally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that would come across here. And that's what the point of this is. It's the point of it. To discover truth together. And, you know, I've thought about these things before. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really put pen to paper mm-hmm. or been necessarily public about them. But let's just see yeah. where we go. Well, we're just interested in the different forms that church can take. Like you've got, you've got the classic, I don't know what you would call this structure, centralized kind of a church where there's sort of the lead pastor and maybe some deacons and then there's a staff team and they've got different roles. Like there's admins and who knows what else. I get that's funny. That's so funny to call it classic in a way, because I mean, is that like within the past 50 years? <laughs> yeah, I know. What wouldn't, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say like 95% classic. of churches before 1950 i don't know i'm just kind of pulling numbers out yeah uh, where like it's a one room building basically. it's a small little parish it's a chapel mm-hmm. and there are pews and there is one staff member a minister the staff team is of one well, yeah yeah and yeah the- well what's the staff i mean most churches are what 100 people or less small right i, I think that's true smallish so most churches might not have need for some big staff team but at least in the West and in this last century, mm-hmm. you've got this emergence of the mega church or the mid-sized to large church where now there's this large building and that needs maintaining. And it's and growing, I believe. Yeah. What do you mean by that? The trend Particularly is Particularly since COVID, smaller churches couldn't hang. Oh. And are, um, there's more consolidation, let's say. Yeah. So smaller congregations are coming together and yep. forming a new or taking the name of one of the previous ones. Yep. Uh, and there's just more and more gravitation toward these gravity wells. They these, are. In a sense, you know. I've heard about like takeovers, you know, when there's a small church that's kind of getting ready to shutter its doors and some larger church just kind of absorbs mm-hmm. it. Well, that's our campus now, yep, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. That happens, yeah. Like the franchising of churches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, you're right. That's a Almost good point. Almost like in the, after the Big Bang or something, the formation of the galaxies there's all these particle and then slowly it, it starts to cluster around these gravity centers and yep. it's it feels a little bit like that's happening with church world. Yeah. I I'm wondering how much of this is denomination specific as well. Like take a Catholic uh parish somewhere. What do you have on how, what do you I don't that doesn't strike me as large staff. Like the Catholic no. Churches I've been to, you've got the priest. I assume he's getting paid by the was it diocese? Is that what they? I'm, I'll call? allow it. Yep. You'll allow it. You've probably got an admin or a secretary, someone to answer phones, respond to emails, and that sort of thing. I don't know typically that you have many more staff. Janitorial than that. staff, perhaps. You, custodian. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. But then it's it's volunteer driven. The altar maybe, boys, maybe a couple of priests. They're volunteers. 
the musicians, presumably, a vol- maybe the organist gets a stipend or something, mm. but it's not a salary, probably. So maybe it's I'm just... Not, I'm not totally sure, though. I don't know, yeah. but I, I called it classic, you're right, but maybe it's just it's the church world I've grown up in. I think it's relatively new, the whole, these bigger churches. But maybe um, to kick us off, mm-hmm. um, just your question, because uh, I think it invites a lot of further questions is should a pastor be paid and what kind of got i got myself interested by my response to that that i just i kind of want to test test that response yeah yeah yeah. that's good my instinct was to say uh yes because they are now i don't normally say that about (laughs) ethics that things ought to be because Because they they are kind of (laughs) violates the ought is yeah you're gonna have to unpack that a little bit um, when I think of literally, I want to say literally all, but I'll just say almost all mm. professions or jobs, uh, they are, let's ask why, why are those people paid to do what they do? Yeah. Yeah. They're paid because in our particular system of free market economy, the, the general market at large has determined that this kind of effort, this work, this labor is worth a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're producing widgets or it's some kind of service you're providing, we view it as this valuable. It's valuable. Now, yeah. it's not, I don't know if this is, we should think of it as objectively valuable as some of our, um, I won't go there. Never mind. Sorry. You want to talk about Keynesian versus Austrian? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, but I don't actually. Okay. Um, in the sense that, like, I, I would not say that what LeBron James is doing on the basketball court is that much more, however much he makes a year, $40 million, objectively better than, like, a high school teacher. Yeah, sure. Um, but we could quibble about that. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the inherent value of what he's doing with the basketball versus educating young minds. <laughs> Um, to the point where he's maybe making like a, a thousand or ten thousand times a lot more, more. Yeah. than what a school teacher would make. Yep. Um, but why people get paid just to, is the market says this is providing this amount of value, and the way that that is communicated by the market is with dollars. Yes. Right. That's how we communicate what's valuable to us. Is I will give you mm-hmm. dollars in exchange for the thing that I find yeah. valuable. So my answer to that question: Should pastors be paid? Um, well, like we can kind of answer it by saying yes, that because they are paid some portion of the market, the market mm-hmm. of just the, um, people with dispose the, the, the collection of people with disposable income to give toward these things have mm-hmm. said, yes, that they're voluntarily doing it mm-hmm. to, we enjoy the service, the goods, the labor that you bring to this environment Can or I push- in the case of a, in a of an organization like that of a nonprofit, you're giving it to the organization mm-hmm. and with this mindset that you, and you implicitly trust how it's being used yeah it'd be strange to be giving funds to something you didn't trust right so by the act of giving it you're usually saying i trust and then that organization has certain rules by which these people are paid certain amounts yes well that's what i was going to say is I don't know how transparent it is to the average person in a congregation who gives that a portion of what they're giving is going to a staff person's salary. 
how how conscious is are people of that mm-hmm. versus I'm giving and it feels like it's all going to be donated to charity or something. I, Definitely as a child and even a young adult, I wasn't thinking through that. Oh, same. Well, I exactly, man, because I... I, I thought purely of... I was just thinking cause. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what is this? Uh, is clean it? water. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my dollar will provide liquid to the child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it will, but only a certain percentage of it. of it. That's right. Because the thing needs to run yep. and it needs work to get the water to them and yes. all this stuff so no i felt i felt the same way that's why like i never planned on i had never planned on working at a church i mean i it didn't occur to me even when i was growing up in church that the people who were running it were paid to run it i mean in hindsight i probably should have realized that like at the amount of time they yeah. spent on it i guess i've always been a little bit more comfortable with it like my dad was a pastor okay fair, I, fair enough and it was like his occupation you know that was yes. how we had money okay good you probably have a different frame than me um because like i've always viewed it as quite vital yeah yeah <laughs> to getting food on your plate yeah, yeah. at the end of the day yeah whereas like my parents always heavily involved in church very involved dad's on the preaching rotation they're on the you mm. know the deacon board and they're running kids ministry and marriage ministry, doing all sorts of stuff never paid a dime for any of it it's all a labor of love it's all just because they want to serve the kingdom and so yeah it is, it's pastoral, what they're doing. Neither of them has held the title of pastor, but they have certainly been pastoral in mm-hmm. how they, you know, relate to people. And Or you know. um, I think the question has a bit more oomph when, like, it's asked abstractly and, uh, like, theologically maybe with looking at certain scriptures or, like, should this be the way that the church operates or is this the right way to organize a church yeah. and that that it would require someone that's paid well let's just walk through just real quick yep good how how do we get here so f- imagine you've decided i don't want to do any of the churches around me i'm not going to go with those i'm going to start my own mm-hmm. i'm gonna okay that's your goal mm-hmm. and so what do you do uh, you go sit at coffee shops and get into conversations about theological things or how do these things start in the first place yeah well you eventually you get together a cohort of people a few families maybe. more than you it yeah. used to be just more than you <laughs> yeah yeah and you found at least one two a few other people yeah and you're going to get together and this is where i don't want to go too far afield at this juncture and what you're doing is at church but okay. i don't know you are gathering to worship god to talk about through- uh through different mediums. It could yeah. be song, it could be conversation, it yep, could yep. be a, a talk. Yeah. Okay. But you got together in community in some way you are aiming at the Lord. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Now and now this is where we get like to the different religions. If it's something explicitly Christian and you're trying to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. then I think part of it is invitational. In that you part of the mission is to include other people with you on this. And so if everyone in the cohort is doing that, inviting a neighbor or people they run into or a coworker, now your cohort of four can grow to eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well I can still meet in my, like I didn't have to rent any place. Like we can still meet in our living room, Yep. but Hey man, just what happens with this stuff and, and with a lot of different social clubs, communities, yeah. yeah, community, 
you will want to invite people into it to share the experience. We're we're communal creatures. But inviting them changes the experience. It absolutely does. Like, so at some point, just really brass tacks, your house will probably not hold thirty people comfortably yeah. to be able to do what you were doing. Yeah. Well, we want to continue doing what we were doing, which was this whatever, we got this or, worship experience. Or even I don't want to interrupt you too much, but even um when it's four families getting together to talk about life and the things of God, that's one thing. It's a conversation. When it's 20, 40, 50 people, too big for your house, and that's not a conversation if everybody's trying to talk at once. So maybe you designate, hey, would you, Joe, would you come prepared to share something you've been reading or learning about? And then maybe we'll have a discussion. But the texture of the whole experience changes as the thing grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eventually you outgrow a house. I'll go house and now we'll just now you're at this first roadblock of we need a common space to use to gather and that will probably cost money. Yeah. I yeah, mean, unless it's a public park or unless something. Unless it's a public park. It's probably but just and we don't have to like sp- I guess spell out all to the bloody details, but I think you get the picture that if we're on the invitational missional mindset of bringing people to participate, whatever little like um like tack on way that you've kind of hijinked this together it, you're gonna outgrow it yeah to the point where like real life finances get involved yeah like the public park won't work or you're breaking a permit or It'll whatever happen. it is It'll, yeah. you need to probably rent out or buy a space yeah okay so now i don't know who's making those decisions mm-hmm. um what kind of play is it all purely democratic you're just voting on everything at some point, this community gets so big that it's just, it doesn't make sense to get everyone's two cents opinion on how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You you get, uh, you get grant the power of decision-making to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, suddenly now, those decisions take a lot of time and thought into how that's being done. And you just follow, follow me. The story. Eventually, you get to the point where you keep inviting and there's more and more decisions that need to be made based on the what's going on with the community. And so everyone just kind of decides, look, uh, Joe is really good at doing this. He's been doing it so far. Um, he needs to, like, we need someone to do this full time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is starting to turn. He can't, he's been working his other job. Mm-hmm. And it takes him 30 extra hours on top of that to do all this stuff. Yep, yep. So let's pay him money. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it starts. Yeah. So, like, should pastors be paid? Yes. Because they are. <laughs> they are, and because of these different... <clears throat> they're providing a good and service to a community. Mm-hmm. Why is decision-making being one from the example we just came to? Now, I think where the question gets a little bit more sea legs is, like, yeah, but what about, like, the ministry stuff of, like, like preaching a sermon or leading worship or something we get why you had to make all these phone calls and decisions and cleaning the facility mm-hmm. or but something do you really need to get paid to do a hospital visit right or shouldn't you just do that you know and in the same way that we we would encourage anybody who calls himself a christ follower to be doing pastoral type things like um caring for the souls of the people around you if that's what we're saying pastoral ministry is then it's something to some degree that we're all called to. So how do you how do you divvy up when you need a 
a paid position and and versus well we've got a volunteer who's willing and able to do that um mm -hmm. now at some point now one option is to curb the invitational this model is, i was just about to ask about this and like hey man some whatever you guys can do your thing where you keep growing and growing and growing but we're just this is a community of 25 people and full stop now that's t it, it's tough because you take it to the extreme you don't you'd hate to be the kind of church that closes its doors to somebody who's genuinely keen on coming in and learning about jesus right you don't yeah. want sorry we're full today max capacity stay out that feels bad but i will say at least for me church is at its best or i find it most life-giving and most enjoyable most fulfilling when i know the people like like when i and i am known and i know what's going on in their life and they know what's going on in mine and we can be praying for each other supporting each other and at some point when a church gets so large that you actually don't know half the people there um it just has a totally different feel to it and maybe the answer is and this is the answer you get is well sunday morning is not what it's all about that's just like the on-ramp you need to join a life group that's where the real church happens and maybe maybe that's fair enough i mean you're pretty experienced with the groups mm -hmm. maybe i am unduly cynical about that but i mean what percentage of people would you say end up in groups versus attend on a sunday morning in your experience oh it's a way smaller it's really low right Yeah. Uh probably any anywhere from like the range would be like from thirty to fifty percent. Okay. Yeah. Depending on how like big of a value that is and how much you're talking about it. And maybe maybe that's fine. Maybe it's fine that there's like large churches that act like an on ramp for the gospel where people can come and I it's it's comfortable, people are welcoming, I can have some donuts, good music, entertaining message, and oh, I'm intrigued by this Jesus guy, I want to find out more. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's great. Um, so now we're tiptoeing on like models of church. Yeah. So in that story of maybe we can, we've solved, people can be paid in ministry and that mm -hmm. makes sense because they provide goods and services. And, and dedicate. And people have agreed, they're doing time. it voluntarily, like we want this to be happening. Yeah, yeah. So... But I did make an assumption in my story of this like explosion where uh, maybe the leader that, like we said, we wanted to start one, hey, we're actually, um, if we grow to a certain size, we are not going to get a building. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're not going to say no to people coming, but and if it grows to like 40, 50 people, we're going to say, hey, look, um, just be real. We can't fit everyone here someone else needs to start another one of these we're at their multiply. house yeah multiply which is what this is what i was that's getting kind of before. the house church yeah which I, th I think is what francis chan is doing so they they have um francis i, I might butcher this if i do feel free to fact check me and yeah. call me out in comments but francis chan lead pastor of a large church for quite some time ended up somewhat recently deciding he was going to go to china and minister for a few years came back and now he's all about the house church and I think the way it works is, just like you're saying, there's a, a cohort of people. Once it gets to a certain size, it's on the pastor then to identify who's the next pastor, who's going to go out mm -hmm. and do the next one. And they kind of multiply across the city this way. Have you been part of a, um, like a, a life group multiplication like that or something? Because there is a little sense of 
but I don't want to split up the gang. Right. You know, like we've been together yeah. for two years and now half of you are going to leave and start I haven't a new been part thing. of it. I've helped navigate mm. that transition, but yeah, haven't had the sting of the heartache. Yeah. It would be, it would be tricky because <laughs> you don't necessarily just want to do, uh, or is it last in first out? Just whoever, just order of arrival. Whoever is the pioneer people, we stay right. together. You guys go start something. So new. you can, I think we can appreciate why people, how the, the differences in people's values have led to different church expressions. So to say, like, yeah. how how should church look, or how should it be structured? Well, oh, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say there is exactly one way. Yeah. Um, because and it's all it's all church. That's all church because that looks very different. Small little house groups clustering across the city versus a big emphasis on a Sunday morning experience at one location. They do look different. It's pretty different. The attitude. I think it's the the motivate. Like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And like the shorthand I use was like, it's worship. Yeah. Um, intentional worship, I guess. Yep. Yep. Because one of the other challenges you can face with large church is it being built around some personality, like that the lead guy is the, the face of the thing or the glue that's holding it together and, and people are drawn to that charisma or, and if, if, that goes then the whole thing splits and so okay that yeah. seems that seems troubling to me can you say why mm. i just i almost want to say it's like the out it is the natural outcome of what's happening here like even in the story i was telling um that that person that ends up being elected in some sense to be the paid st staff person mm -hmm. um like is spending a lot of time building connections and relationships with the people as they work in ministry and so and and they're more public facing so yeah. as the church gets bigger um they're less and less they spend far less time with each other person than they do with the main person in terms yeah. of like even seeing them, you know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it doesn't. So it doesn't. I guess I should say it doesn't surprise me that, and I think it's cynical to call it a cult of personality or something. But yeah. it's, uh, this is the natural outcome of the type of thing that we're doing here, mm -hmm. and so you just need to be mindful of: are there some strategies that we can do to lessen the effect of that, or to have more personalities? Mm -hmm. uh, take center stage what does yeah. that look like i just it's what will happen as the community gets bigger mm -hmm. and and if i can't well going back to earlier the story you told about joe finding himself in this position because the community has decided ultimately that he's competent he he brings value because he's good at this he's good at making the decisions or he's a good public speaker or we find it valuable when he explains the Bible to us because yes. like he's digging in in a way that I can't. Or... Actually, I want to amend. Maybe I'd, maybe it's not just big churches. I mean, this happens in small ones as well. Mm -hmm. The moment the lead guy retires, oh yeah, or then yeah. it just you're right. It dies. You're right. So it's not a big church problem. No, many of them. Many of the problems are not uniquely. Yeah, uh, they're not size related. It's 
what about this is going back a little bit to the discussion of getting paid mm. um what about i don't know if you've ever seen or heard of this as far as i know most churches don't have their members deciding on how much pe- staff people are getting paid that's usually decided mm. by deacons servant leaders elder board who are finance team the idea is that they would be that team is a representative a proxy right that they would represent the people well yeah um, but they're they're usually told to be confidential, right? So exactly. They're yeah. not. It's a one way street. Like yeah. we are, we elected the servant leaders, the deacons to make help make those decisions. But it doesn't. The information it doesn't, doesn't trickle back, flow back down. Well, I've seen requests for that information, and it gets denied. Mm-hmm. Which it's just interesting because like if we're saying it's it's something. Do you that, know how much the salaries of other people's goods and services that you use? That aren't public servants. Don't know. But yeah. Like a ballpark though. Exactly. And that's what you can do in church world. Mm. But it's, but again, I appreciate, and of course know that question. I've heard that before. Mm. Um, there's something, it's, inter- it's it would be interesting to dive in for a moment of why that question feels like it needs to be asked in this particular area. Is it possible to overpay a pastor? Like, um, sure. Yes. Okay. I think so. To yeah. the point where, like, it's um, there's something unethical going on, right? Where, uh, you know what I'm saying? Where that, like, there, is there a cap? No pastor should make more than a million dollars, two million dollars a year. I don't think so. Really? I if that's what the people find, if they if they get that much value out of it, then I'm tempted to lean that way. Yeah. Even if the people don't know, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm just like, there are situations where you've got. I, I can't remember if we did a podcast on this or if we just chatted about it. But you've got you hear stories sometimes about mega church pastor buys another mansion and he's yeah. using his private jet, and there's definitely something about it that feels like, oh man, now who knows? Maybe he invested in crypto early and he's doing just fine and good for him. He was a good steward of the salary he got given. But it does make now, you wonder. Now that though, that's different to me. That sounds different than what you were asking. You that's a comment on how the money that they've earned is being used. You asked yes. how much should they be paid? Good. Okay. Good. Fair enough. And uh, I think there's a nice little line we could tow there. Mm-hmm. You should be, be you should be paid according to the value that you bring to yeah. the situation. How you choose to use that money. That is uh, a discipleship what fe- question. What feels what <laughs> I think what people are confusing. Yep. I don't mean, sorry, I don't mean to come across as the answer man or something. No, 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 this is good. What people are confusing, the ickiness they're feeling yep. should be directed at how the money is spent, not the num- amount of money made. Because if he's a virtuous man, you'd want him to have most of the money. I like. want the, all the virtuous people to have most of the money. <laughs> exactly, because they will spend it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and that's not to say that like some big ass house is like unethical. Right, right. That's a whole, that's a whole that's, separate that's podcast, tough. probably. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hmm. and, and it's it would depend a lot about like what kind of preaching you're doing. So a lot of times the ickiness uh. will stem from I don't believe that this is something that Jesus teaches, and therefore you're going against Jesus' teaching while claiming to be a communicator of Jesus' truths. Yeah, but maybe it's the case that I don't know. That's not something that their congregation talks about very often or preaches on. I don't know. 
what, what's that money? You mean, um, or? sorry, where was I going with that? Yeah, or the or maybe it's not a huge value in that community of like really shrewd, frugal living. Mm. I don't know. And mm-hmm. so, to the people in the congregation, they're like, oh, okay. nothing's amiss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in context, too, it matters a lot. Like, all, um. What if your church is in the Hamptons, like, or some rich community? Mm-hmm. You live in your community, and your house is a million. It's one point two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like to to be a pastor in yeah, the Hamptons, do you have to commute in forty five minutes yeah, to right, buy it? Right, a, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Who's going to minister to the rich otherwise? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's worth thinking about for sure. I'm wondering as well if. If there is a but uh, uh, before you switch topic, oh, yeah. just because you had brought up, but the the not knowing part is kind of interesting. Yeah, I want to turn that over more. Like how transparent should it all be? Yeah, because I I've seen a lot of churches will do budget breakdowns. You know, of here's how much we spent on facilities. Yeah. Here's how much we spent on uh, missions. Here's how much we spent on utilities and staff and whatever. I felt the need now to also probably should have said at the beginning. As many of you know, we both work at a particular church. Oh, yeah. And absolutely none of this is a commentary <laughs> no, on none our of this church. this has anything to do with our church. No, no, really not. Yeah, no, um, not at all. Just, just thinking, curious about the topic. Thinking big picture about it all. Um, so, yeah, churches often give a breakdown of, a general breakdown of budget, but it's not fully transparent. An uh, itemized yeah, um, a, exactly. dossier of all the yeah, I don't know how much expenditures. you yeah. spent on coffee, you know. I, should that be made available to maybe not church uh, goers, but maybe members or something, or anybody who's given? Maybe I—I I mean, I could see an argument for that, man. That if I'm giving regularly, it'd be nice to know why. why okay, why wouldn't you be transparent about it? What's the argument for remaining opaque? Because the average person handling that information is not equipped to judge it well because they have no idea the inner workings of that's right what's involved you're just kind of handing a loaded gun over of um how many people would walk away from that experience and think oh like there are no mistakes were made or something yeah you will find something to quibble with you right in the same way that I, I might for any charity or nonprofit that I support. Well, that, I was going to ask that too. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. Of a full itemized well, breakdown? And given how crazy some things can look given scale, like even even like Compassion International or something. Okay. We spent $30,000 on the copy On paper. envelopes. Uh, oh, geez. Could we cut that down a bit? <laughs> you know, it's yeah, easy yeah. to say that. Until or you're in the position of sending out mailers. There just have to be so much teaching on how to, like how to even process the information. How to interpret it. Because we're so, it's so easy to say, let's let's say you give a hundred dollars a week to the church, mm-hmm. and you've come to find out that I don't know they spent four hundred dollars on coffee that month, mm-hmm. and it's easy for your brain to just say, "Oh, I just bought coffee. <laughs> all my money went to the coffee." Yeah, and that is a. A completely irrational way to view the information. Yeah, yeah. You need to do a percentage. Yeah. So really, or whatever, let's just say, um, three cents went of your hundred dollars <laughs> went to buy the coffee. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know what that amounts to in a budget, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I just don't know if the I think you'd just be doing more harm than good, and that's why they don't do it. Mm-hmm. You would be, and for the goals of your organization, you'd be losing funds because people would probably back out unnecessarily just from a lack of understanding how to intake the content. Would that does be- that speak to, is that thinking too ill of the <laughs> average person to? Well, I can see. Okay, I can see that argument being made for stuff like copy paper and and that's just behind, one thing. Behind, yeah, behind the scenesy stuff. But when it comes to, does that still hold true of like salaries for staff persons? That because again, they must have some idea of the value they feel like the pastor is bringing to the church. Right. So you find out that old mate makes ten more thousand dollars a year than you. Yeah. Yeah, you are you're giving of your hard-earned yep. money, but you find out that this guy makes more than you. Yeah. And maybe you don't like him very much or um you don't perceive him to be a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um also you typically as and at least in these bigger churches as a congregant aren't always fully aware or present to the behind the scenes work that goes into. Oh, that's definitely true. Um, and like important conversations that have to be had about a, a number of different topics Yeah, that you're just not privy to. Privy so to, when yeah. you're just seeing, you're like, well, I just see him on Sunday. He just preaches a message. And or and that's if you're a forward facing staff person. Oh, yeah. Imagine not having that luxury of your value being so <laughs> forward. Yeah. Um, I just don't see how that's a a good idea yeah they still lack the context to evaluate properly i think that'd be it yeah but idea but ideally the leadership team whoever they are deacon servant leaders they would have a good handle on it now i will say this though that in the public sector most of the stuff is like not classified Oh, totally. Like you can go find out how much your superintendent makes yeah, yeah. in your school district. Yep. Yeah. And you are giving kind of to that. I mean, you're being taxed. It's not voluntary. Mm-hmm. But it has that feel in a way. It's If it's, it's, a, see, if it's a for-profit, they're doing a bad job because we're trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. It's basically a non-profit. It could feel like you have something to hide by not disclosing it. I mean, I see your point that, that it would need to be disclosed and then education would need to happen as well. Mm-hmm. Or like, do you want... So what's kind of funny too, do you feel like it's a good use of my time <laughs> that you're paying me just for about to, go to explain all of this to you? Yeah. Or to the hundreds of or people? to everybody, right. If it was, If it was everybody... It would be a constant thing, a constant conversation you're having with people. Yeah, part of the time you would then be paying me to do. So, so part of what you're paying for is actually this explanation right now. <laughs> Funny, dude. <That's, laughs> I think that all has gone into the general norm we see yeah. in nonprofits of not a full breakdown. You get an idea of where it's being allocated. Mm-hmm. And there are things that there are like you can be audited. So you like... Uh, yeah. Some churches will voluntarily have, not just for taxes, but come audit our finances. Mm-hmm. 
and then you get a stamp of approval from this auditing organization that basically says they are doing what they say they're doing. Well, and there's benchmarking that happens too, right? So what are other churches in the area doing and how much do they spend on this? And Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't looked into much at all how the house church movement works. No, with, me either. With this whole, like... Pay. I've only heard about them. I've never been to one. Yeah. I'm interested. Are there staff persons? Uh, is anybody or any of the pastors paid at a house church? Is it just like a service but in a house? Here's what I imagine it to be. Yeah. I imagine it to be very similar to a life group. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to do dinner. Everyone bring a dish or bring a side or something and we eat. And then maybe old mate has a guitar and we sing a few songs if we don't feel too awkward about that. And then maybe we um, do some prayer requests and pray for each other. And then we're going to look, we're reading this book together. So let's just talk about the chapter we read this week yeah. or the Bible or discussion. Kids are playing in the basement and then we all go home. That's what I think house church is. Mm -hmm. If there's any house church enthusiasts out there and it's very different than that, please tell me. I'm so curious how it would be different. Yeah. But yeah. And in that situation, I guess you wouldn't need to pay anyone to... It's very much volunteer capacity level. Seems like it. I really like the sound of it. It sounds like the kind of thing I would like to go to if I'm with people I really jive with. Great. So uh, <laughs> as, as someone who works in the area of uh, groups yeah. at a church, um, I would love to encounter more people like you. That really want that. Yeah. Well, now I haven't started one. Because that's what a group, That's what uh, that sounds like a great little group mm -hmm. that I would meet. Um, hmm. I could see eventually you need uh, childcare, maybe. We can't have a discussion with all these kids running around. We need to pay a babysitter. Let's that happens all, at many life Let's groups. all chip in. Yep. That happens. But that's a pretty small budget item. It's really that philosophy of ministry piece mm -hmm. of like, am I going to cut off the attendance? Like I've, I've come to the table. Yep. We are not going to do this gathering in mass thing. We're going to keep it small. Mm-hmm. And then you need to, so that will change, like how often you invite or. Yeah. See, what I kind of like about um, the classic version <laughs> is that I can, it'll take a little bit more time, I guess, perhaps, but out of my week. But I like the idea of doing both. So there's what you just described as a house church, which would be your church attendance. Mm -hmm. Um I think that that's a, everyone should have that. That's a great thing. Uh, in some way, like you should be experiencing what is yeah. to be had in that venue. Yeah. And I do like that there's this more corporate, uh, more public space gathering where, um, let's say someone I encounter at Starbucks and we had a quick conversation. Um, I don't know as they like, hey, come to my house exactly. and I'll make you a pot roast good, and good, we'll good. sing songs. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Not doing that. No way. Here and depending on what your church is like, yep, if yep. it's a pretty welcoming space, <clears throat> like it's designed for for guests and it's less threatening. Yeah. I like that that's there's a space for that. Mm -hmm. And it comes at a cost. Like and the bigger it is, like then you do need this whole childcare thing and and you know, church kids workers would not like it to be called child care because no. it's all original programming it's kids church and they're trying to invest in your kids mm -hmm. um and yeah 
So you can see how it starts to yeah really multiply the different roles you might need. Maybe both. Maybe both is the answer. Well, then I wonder, what have you found as someone who's focused a fair bit on groups? You said earlier engagement is, what, 30 to 50% of people or something? Yeah. Um, should that be higher? Is it, or is that to be expected with this kind of both-end model where it's like, well, half the people who are there on Sunday, they aren't ready to dive into that yet? Or uh, Everything should be 100%. It's, like, it's, like, it's kind of a funny question in the sense of, so I just said that I think it's ideal if someone were to experience what's yeah, to be did. had at a group. Yeah, you did. I think it's ideal if you give generously of your finances. Mm -hmm. and, and probably if you attend a church, it, you should give to help support mm -hmm. that church. Um, I think it's ideal to be physically healthy. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, shouldn't you be doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I should, but yeah. I don't always. Yeah. So, and I think that just plays out here as well. Like, I wish everyone was in a group. Well, then I'm curious, what, why, in your opinion, aren't most? What's the barrier to group attendance? Why would most people say, ah, it's not for me? Or Oh, there's a ton of reasons. Tell me them. Because um, I, I really haven't, I've spent no time doing what you yeah. do. So you one know? would be temperament. There's some people that will just never go to our in-person service. They are, um, like, agoraphobic. Hmm. Sure, okay. And so online COVID stuff has really helped them yep. get connected. And we've talked about that with Metaverse. Yep. Um, and how that breaks down the social anxiety. Uh, and then there's varying degrees of that, not like totally agoraphobic, but just, um, man, I just, I don't know. I social don't, anxiety. I don't want to meet new people. Yep. That sounds terrifying. Hmm. Um, there, I mean, there could be, and then they get more banal, the reasons like, um, I'm a picky eater and I'm, I'm, I get embarrassed when foods offered to me at places that I don't like. Really? You've yeah. had that. That's well, I think of that some. Oh, that's you? <laughs> you are that man. I think of that every time I go somewhere. What are they going to feed me? What are they going to try to feed me? <laughs> Better not be any tomatoes. I, I know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do you, how often Probably do you, a more, more common one is um, like I don't want to. I was going to say, how often is it time commitment? Yeah. I don't want to do that midweek. Yep. My evenings, I just want to be on the couch and watch Netflix. I don't want to. I think that's a huge. Percentage. I do the church thing on Sunday morning. That's right. So, so then, how do you, for folks like that, if we're saying this smaller gathering is a worthwhile experience, how do you begin to teach them that, like that, that's church, really? The Sunday morning. Thing I don't is, know if I like that. You don't like that. Anything. It's all church. Any kind of maneuver where there's this like little the royal seal from the emperor where you try to stamp something as like this is that has to be this yeah yeah I have, I have a red flag okay maybe there are some things that are that you need to do that mm -hmm. but i just don't think you have to go there because okay. it's so um what's the word like coercive or mm. like it's not it's not the um you're making trying to make me go because of a rule like that sucks dude uh. i don't want to follow a rule Well, no what if it was like more like this is what would be very good for you. Like That's you're, you're, you're missing out. You're miss. You're, if you think it's Sunday morning is all Sorry, the church has to offer, you are missing out on what the real meat of it is, which I is was, community. I was misinterpreting your uh, should. Oh, okay. Like okay. what it should look like, or like yes. Now, like this is this is actual church, the kind of church that Jesus wants you. This to This is go the one to. that counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I don't like. Okay, got it. I do like 
the invitation like this is your good yeah yeah this is for your good but how do you con- how do you convince somebody because i get it i mean i get it i've committed to life groups before and like if it's an every week rhythm there are evenings where it's like oh, it's time again yep. i just want to stay home well dude that's why it's funny to like let's just bring it let's demystify it it's like that with literally everything else in life in that's life. worth anything yeah. <laughs> yeah working out eating yep. well yeah um visiting family there's uh, sometimes you just don't want to okay yeah cool and and you cannot do it mm-hmm. and then you don't get that good thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're an adult so you have that you can option. make that choice yep and i'm sorry that you made that choice you know or <laughs> yeah I understand it though. I, My question really amounts to how do you get people to eat their vegetables? It's like, you know, right, this thing that's good that maybe they don't want sometimes. So there's all sorts of ways. You can just like talk about how they how good they are. Yeah. Like try this. It's really not that it doesn't really taste that. The best bad. way is the side door. Like there have been times, for example, when it's not strictly a life group, but like the worship team that I led for a long time started to function like one because mm-hmm. it was a community, a small community of people who are known and they know each other and they're praying for each other and taking care of each other outside of church hours, you know, helping each other move or whatever it is. Um, and that never had the label on it of come join this life group. It was never that. It just sort of organically sprung up because people got a taste of community mm-hmm. and wanted more of that. So maybe that's, um, do you draw a, a, a distinction these days between connect and life groups? I don't No, it's No, I dropped thing. that. Oh, we dropped it. It's okay. Just groups. Got it. Just groups. Okay. But historically, I mean, the idea has been a connect group might be like, we're going to go do some activity. We all like bowling. We all like mountain biking. We're just mm-hmm. going to go and do that together with no strings attached of we're going to sing Kumbaya with a guitar and sure. get awkward. We're just going to go do this fun thing and hopefully build some relationships while we do it. And then the idea is that kind of snowballs organically to start talking about the things that really matter in life. Um, I don't know if you've seen that in your experience is that what happens? Are they successful when when groups start out this way? Well, see now, I mean, to me, that's it is a little bit of a different thing from like I'm. I still hear what you're saying with like the life connect mm-hmm. distinction. Just at our church, we've dropped yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, just because I just kind of got tired of explaining <laughs> it, and that no one knew it. Yeah, like, fair enough. Um, but that is for that to me is like a more ministry mission focused type of thing i want to go out somewhere and reach people that i wouldn't otherwise the life group feels a little bit more insular Mm -hmm. which is fine there's a place for that Mm -hmm. and um like we're coming in rather than out yep sort of and i can see how also um and maybe this is a just going back to the problem of invitation and bringing new people in I felt this in a life group before as well, where you establish trust with everybody and I'm willing to get this vulnerable with everybody. Yes. But this week we've got a new family and I don't know them at all. And so I am not as willing to be vulnerable about what's really going on in my life because mm-hmm. the dynamics have changed. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how you avoid that. If, because if it is relationship-based, it, it's the people I have a relationship with that I trust. Right. So, I, yeah, I don't know how you overcome that challenge. So the moment you invite somebody new into this space, it stops being the same space. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, I think that's why it's good to have a number of different spaces to invite people to. So maybe maybe the first step, like, I don't know. Maybe it's a cookout. You're kind of like slowly auditioning someone to join <laughs> the friend group or something. It's like, yeah. well, we have the Sunday morning space and they're chill there. Cool. Am I ready to bring them to our sacred life group space where we get like super raw and real about mm-hmm. our, our whole lives? Mm-hmm. No, not no, quite. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see how it is at a cookout. And you just, maybe you go through that process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, some, uh, I'm gonna, why can't I say it right now? I can't find it. The, the, uh, the, greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. That the, the church is that you having a stroke not just i don't know man there you go there, or how about this there are more impactful things you can do with bigger organizations hmm ah, sorry i'm i know that hurts but a friend group at a house economies of scale although it sure. can be church that is a thing uh will not leave like <laughs> Eventually, you get to the point where, like, there are objective sizes to footprints yeah. that are made by actual human feet and by human action in the world. We, you leave a footprint, you leave a mark, an impact. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about mm-hmm. having a sizable yep. community? I'm not yep. saying every church should aspire to be sixty thousand people. Maybe. Right, right. But it's it seems like it would be a big one. At least in like Christian or that it's the only metric of, of church success or something. Um, yeah. The kingdom of God being made more manifest in the world. Could be extremely powerful. Yep. Um, a shared so vision and deploying of resources. A reason to want to. Yes, it could. Not limit yourself to yeah. the. At, when we get to 25, we're not renting any spaces, and you just start your own little thing. Because I just wonder if, I almost wonder, would the church just dissipate, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, if everything immediately became like that. Yeah. The, ch- the capital C church? There's a cool book I read. Um, Small was clusters. The author? And to, I think it's called To Change the World. Mm. And he had this interesting part in one of the chapters about... Last name? It's important. There's all... So everything we said, great. And there's something to weighing what has cultural capital. Of It has a certain amount of currency in a culture or a climate to, to make impact or to influence and frankly just architecture place physical place uh carries capital it says something it's the reason for the most part that churches used to have steeples there was this thought that this is the highest point in the town the church everyone can see it like this it said something about the ethos of the time and now that's falling out of fashion or whatever and is but is it or whatever or is it very much tied to, mm-hmm. not saying it's the direct cause and effect or something, but the growing secularization of the culture, fewer and fewer, the, the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, have grown substantially, no religious affiliation. And is it that surprising that, I don't know, mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. The steeples, for instance, are something falling out of fashion. Just there's less desire for it to be. It's a marker for not being articulate, but um, Mm -hmm. or even just the the beauty that was invested in some of these cathedrals. um, Yeah, you are. The detail, the architecture spoke to like the institution that we're a part of here is extremely valuable and we want to showcase that and how the things even built and and what it says in the community like the that this is one of the Mm -hmm. most well-kept buildings in town um all of that plays into like just the broader cultural i don't know like we're all on this iv drip of culture and what we see and perceive i don't know man that even how the churches are built mm-hmm. and the architecture and their size and um, the footprint in the community all plays into that of how how big of a deal is God and spirituality. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. I can I can totally hear both sides of that argument like on the one hand i think you're right i think things like cathedrals are designed to set your attention on the transcendent they are designed to make you feel small when you walk in they are designed to be beautiful sacred spaces to point to the true good and beautiful Uh, there's a lot of thought and care that goes into that and i can also hear the cynic look at how much money they spent on a building when they could be giving that to the poor or they could be feeding hungry mouths or and that, that's true not yeah. just of cathedrals, but mega church buildings. Look how many lights they have. Do they need all those lights? And I can make an argument for lights, you for know, sure. Um, to invoke, um, uh, maybe we're going a little long here. That's okay. But it's just, the, I, I don't um, know what that... Jordan Peterson's um, whole shtick on beauty, how it's, it, it is the most valuable thing. Or at least it's, it's very, very difficult to... Mm. Uh, it's difficult to overestimate mm-hmm. how beautiful something is or how much value beauty brings. Um, and I love his examples of the great monuments mm-hmm. over the world and yes. particularly in Europe. Yep. And like, well, why did they spend all that money on the Eiffel Tower when you could have fed the hungry? Ma- mm-hmm. Okay. Look at how many, how much money Paris gets from having the yep. Eiffel Tower. I'm sure far more than it costs. Um, <laughs> the beauty of it, yeah. the grandeur is attractive yep. and draws people to it. So there's something yeah. like just Paid from a really pragmatic, cold calculated, it was worth, I fed more mouths mm-hmm. by spending a little bit money more here on the beautiful thing in the long run. You know? Yeah. Or to, or I remember you, just if we're being pragmatic, um, I would rather sit in a comfortable, nice-smelling church than a dank, dank, you know, dungeon and, and catch the vision with cinder blocks and, give, and wet floor. And like, then we fed more people will probably come if we make this place comfortable. So, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go there, but then you made me by making like poking fun or critiquing this strategy yeah and it's like oh oh, oh yeah, honey yeah. you didn't think it through like yes i laud your little group that they went yeah. out and fed the mouths that you were able to that's that's yeah. wonderful and i i i wish that your 
thing could grow and more and more people could be a part of that and more and more mouths could feed. That's great. That's what we're yeah, doing great. here. That's we. I don't know. It's been around longer, and that's what we're doing. Um, and I'll, and people like to be part of something that's comfortable. Turns out, don't you in your house? Mm-hmm. I just I just don't know of the way of Jesus is. Um, I think the mm-hmm. ascetics mm-hmm. got it wrong, like the self-flagellation that you have to punish yourself and strip your life of comfort. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Vows of poverty was, and stuff. Yeah, it, mm. No, I have stuff to say. Maybe that, that, again, is a whole other episode. Yeah. Well, I, I went to curious. school with a lot of the Jesuits in training that by the just, time... Like they had just How taken we think their about vows. Money? I know you got stuff to say about it. These, yeah, as well as poverty. Oh, yeah. uh, and it was just fascinating to get to rub shoulders with them and like just celibacy, you know, strapping young uh, okay. guys, as well as poverty. Oh okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't have more thoughts other than that, but just. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I think <laughs> that gets oh, what. Yeah. Man. Sweet. Yeah. That was helpful. I mean, that's a what's helpful a, What's a big takeaway? So like, mine would be... Hopefully, it was helpful for you guys, be too. Be careful. This is just, this is just uh, how it goes. We're two guys trying okay. to figure you stuff out. You want to give a general principle and a rule, and, like, this is how it ought to be. But mm-hmm. maybe there's just a lot of different... Room, there's a lot of room for different expressions for church and... Mm-hmm. I guess my takeaway would be when you find yourself cynical about, say, what churches are doing or how it's being spent, understand that it is, it is complex. And, uh, and I think part of what we're getting at is like part of the responsibility of church leaders is to make those tricky decisions at times of how much money do we spend on mm-hmm. a new light versus yep. uh, local ministry and those are ongoing challenges that churches have to figure out um, yeah. I am very intrigued by house church stuff if any of you are part of a house church or you've got experience with a house church good or bad write in I want to hear about it or leave a comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube um, mm-hmm. I'd be very curious sure. to hear about the good and the bad and the ugly. What what works? What was the challenge? Because uh, it really intrigues me. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, you can reach out to us, either leave a comment on YouTube or if you want to email mailbag at openatruth.com. And uh, yeah, join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks and stay curious.